Hello, everyone. It is Miss Dynamite, Stephanie Chase, and welcome to my podcast feed. Yes, finally, I have decided to take the leap into audio content and make a podcast. I'm about three to five years behind everyone else, but you know what? Better late than never. And I thought it would be good to do a little special episode as I launch this podcast feed to introduce you all to me, what I do, and to talk to you about why I love AEW so much. You know, I started calling myself Miss Dynamite and I cover all sorts of wrestling. I cover WWE, I've covered Impact, New Japan, but I need myself Miss Dynamite because AEW is not only what I end up talking about the most, but it is absolutely what I am most passionate about, not just in the wrestling world, but in life itself. So I'm going to tell you guys the kind of story of how I got into AEW and just why I like it so much, why it grips me, why every week I am staying up till 3am watching Dynamite, live tweeting Dynamite, thinking about Dynamite, why I'm doing a weekly show on AEW, all of that. But first, let me give you a little bit of an introduction to what I do. In case you have just stumbled across this podcast and are thinking, who the heck is this girl? Maybe the first question you're thinking is, where is she from? That's a strange accent. I am from Belfast, Northern Ireland, and I am a pro wrestling I would call it content creator rather than journalist. I do wrestling writing for Digital Spy, who are a huge entertainment website over in the UK. I write wrestling news stories for them, WWE, AEW stories, and I also interview wrestlers from WWE, AEW, and Impact for them. Uh, Along with that, I have a YouTube channel, Stephanie Chase Wrestling, where I put all my video interviews on that, and where the live version of my AEW weekly show is every Friday. Along with that, you can also find me on Wrestling Daily with Alex McCarthy. I'm every Thursday, of course, which means I am the person who gets to talk about Dynamite. Wouldn't have it any other way. And I also work for Revolution Pro Wrestling, which is a UK wrestling company. So on this podcast feed, I am going to be putting every episode of AW Weekly, which happens live on YouTube on a Friday. The audio will be up a couple of hours after it finishes on YouTube. And I'll also be putting up my interviews with AW wrestlers, old and new ones, and also a lot of bonus stuff, maybe some dynamite previews, maybe some looks at shows like Dark and Elevation, and there will also be a new show when Rampage begins. So that is the kind of thing you can expect if you subscribe to this podcast. It is all AW all the time. But how did this girl from Belfast get into not only AEW, but wrestling? How did that happen? When did that happen? Uh, How long have I liked wrestling? All those things I'm going to answer for you now because a lot of people uh, probably think that I haven't been (laughs) 
into wrestling that long. That is a absolute falsehood. Um, I think that just kind of comes with the territory of being one of the few women in the industry. But my introduction to wrestling came really before I even knew what wrestling was. Uh, so this is something that I have, I actually have a YouTube video if you want to hear me talk more in depth about this called uh, How I Fell in Love with WWE and <laughs> and Randy Savage, uh, which is on my YouTube channel. It is the first YouTube video I ever made. So apologies you know, if you do go back and watch that one. I had no idea how to make videos. It took me about, I'd say, a week to edit that and maybe another week to convince myself whether or not to put it online for the world to see. So yeah, more in-depth uh, look at my wrestling fandom and stuff like that is available on YouTube. But for the podcast, here's the quick version. So I first saw wrestling on TV when I was very, very little, um, under the age of five. And I would see it on a Saturday morning before I had to go out with my mom. And I did not know what it was. I didn't know what was happening, but I was very, very captivated by it. And then was being, you know, dragged away from the TV to go out on a Saturday. So that was my first introduction to it. Just really being extremely drawn to it and not having any idea what I was watching or who it was. But my wrestling fandom really started by accident. It started because I have a younger brother. And no, this is not a story about a girl getting into wrestling because her younger brother's a fan. (laughs) It was not like that at all. What he was a fan of were cartoons and specifically cartoons on the Cartoon Network. And over in the UK, the Cartoon Network at nighttime would change into TNT. So one day he was watching his cartoons and then he got called to go to bed and I was left in the living room in front of the TV. I couldn't find the remote and Cartoon Network changed to TNT and the first show on there was WCW Monday Nitro, which in the UK was on a Friday night. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is the thing that I have been seeing on TV and wanted to watch so much. This, it's wrestling. So that is how I started watching wrestling. And after that night, my routine on a Friday became sitting in front of the TV to watch Nitro with some Pringles and a Diet Coke and a mint arrow bar. And yeah, I would watch it every week, never missed an episode. And we didn't get the pay-per-views, so I'd always <laughs> there'd always be like a part missing of the story, but I absolutely loved it. My favorite was Macho Man Randy Savage. Um I cared about him a lot, probably <laughs> probably too much. Uh he was just for me the the best. He was so uh, charismatic. I thought that he seemed really sweet, which probably isn't what he was going for, but I imagined him to be about my height, which is five foot uh, one. And he was he was just the person that 
really, really got me invested in whatever he was doing. And he was the greatest. I hated Hulk Hogan with a passion from day one. Uh, I was always, always a Macho Man fan. But of course, WCW was not the only wrestling promotion. And in the UK, I would say it was not the biggest wrestling promotion because WWE or WWF as it was at the time, they were on Sky Sports, which was a much bigger channel, um, more mainstream channel than TNT. And I learned pretty quickly from boys at school that WWF was what they were watching as far as wrestling goes. And I once or twice flicked over to Raw, had a look and just thought that it wasn't for me because you know, I was I was into Macho Man, and even though he ended up doing his madness character, I was very much always thought of him with the bright colors and stuff. And I was very into the look of WCW. It kind of looked like a nicer, happier show, shall I say, with especially with the cruiserweights as well. And when I flicked over to Raw, I saw stuff that completely horrified me. I saw. The Undertaker, Mankind, even Goldust, and I'll be honest, guys, I was scared. So WWE was a no for me. Then one day, things completely changed with my wrestling viewing habits, and who knows how much these two things are really connected. I think they are very connected, even subconsciously. But when I was a child, my father passed away. And if you kind of want to know more about how wrestling helped me through that, I did actually write an article for Digital Spy um, about that. It's called My Mental Health, How WWE Helped Me Deal With Death Head On. And you can find that if you just Google that beside my name. It's on Digital Spy, as I said. But it was about... A week or so after that event that I turned back on to Raw, saw The Undertaker and all of a sudden wasn't scared of him anymore and thought of him very differently and he became my absolute favorite wrestler in a life-changing way. I ended up becoming a teenage goth because of The Undertaker um, under the mistaken idea that The Undertaker would be a big fan of The Cure, The Sisters of Mercy, Bauhaus, Susie and the Banshees. Uh, I thought based on his look that that's kind of what he would be vibing to. So um, I became a a very serious uh, 80s goth, shall we say, in a world full of emos, uh, mainly because of the influence of The Undertaker. Little did I know he was actually into Limp Biscuit and Kid Rock. That's facts that I would learn later. But for then, that is kind of influence The Undertaker had on me. And that period of wrestling, uh, I, I was also a, a huge fan of Triple H at the time, which will shock a lot of you to hear that now, given some of the thoughts I've expressed on him. But I was at that time um, a big fan of Triple H. His uh, Intercontinental title feud with The Rock is one of my favorite feuds of all time. I remember when Chris Jericho made his debut on Raw, being like, whoa, I remember, I know him from Nitro. <laughs> and it was so exciting to see someone jump ship in that way. I think that kind of made me feel like maybe the whole WCW thing is completely over and, and I had myself jump ship at the right time. 
But really, once I fell in love with wrestling, I never managed to fall out of it. There has been other things that that I, I love in my life as well. I'm a huge music fan and there's been um, many bands that I've obsessed with over the years, but wrestling has always, always been there. And as I went into adulthood, wrestling I've always wanted to work in wrestling since the first time I saw it um when I became an adult I started trying to make that happen even did a bit of wrestling training that didn't work out uh I once did a one week training camp with a current NWA wrestler Chris Masters which in Manchester which I would love to remind him about one day but I had no in-ring talent to speak of and I knew what I would be a lot better at is talking and my way into talking about wrestling was to start writing about wrestling uh, which I did after graduating but I was I was still watching WWE and I think there came a point probably after the whole Daniel Bryan yes movement CM Punk leaving, stuff like that, where I really grew tired of WWE, to be honest. Um, I felt I felt like I was watching it because I've always watched it. And I was never going to stop being a wrestling fan. And I was always going to want to be a part of wrestling. But it certainly wasn't grabbing me, um, making me think and getting me excited the way it had when I was younger. And I thought, is this just because I'm too old for it now? Or is it the product just isn't what it was? And I started seeking out different wrestling. And I had been into New Japan when Prince Devitt was in New Japan, when the Bullet Club were formed, just because Prince Devitt, who you now know as Finn Balor, is Irish and I'm Irish and we Irish love to support each other. So that had brought me into New Japan and then he left and Nakamura left. So New Japan, it it didn't keep me in that way anymore. Then we had when WWE started up NXT. NXT was really, really good at the beginning um, and I really enjoyed watching NXT, especially the women in NXT. I think they did a lot of great stuff there. But I was still kind of missing something from wrestling. Then we get to the end of 2017, when an event that really changed the course of wrestling history happened. And it also changed the course of my life in wrestling because I heard that Chris Jericho was going to do a match with New Japan Pro Wrestling. He was going to appear at Wrestle Kingdom 12. So I thought, I got to see this match. And I wasn't knowledgeable about New Japan at all. I, I had, of course, heard of Kenny Omega and seen some of his work, but but I was in no way an expert. But Chris Jericho doing a match in New Japan and doing a match with Kenny Omega was enough to get me to sit down 
and watch Wrestle Kingdom in January 2018. And that really did change everything for me because I saw in that event wrestling that really got me excited and invested again. Of course, Jericho and Omega's match was amazing. But on top of that, we had Jay White debuting the Switchblade character, which I really, really loved. And it made me become someone who then went on to watch every single New Japan event. And by the summer of 2018, I was also properly writing about wrestling. The first big event I did was when NXT UK came, well, they launched NXT UK at the Royal Albert Hall. So things were really starting to get exciting again in wrestling. And then in September 2018, we had All In. And I will never forget the night that I watched All In. I thought it was the most exciting wrestling show I had seen in years and years and years. It was such an awesome experience and even though I watched it at home alone, there was so much going online that it felt so interactive and it really, I've never been so jealous of people at a wrestling event. I've never wanted to have been at a wrestling event so much and I remember the a couple of days afterwards, I went back to Ireland and I was with my mum. We were in a bar in Dublin and I literally told her, like minute by minute everything that happened at all in because I was so excited about it and I wanted to explain to someone this major event that had happened and how different it was and how maybe things in wrestling specifically North American wrestling were really really changing and boy was I right because of course We had the formation of AEW officially in January 2019. And I remember this time, you know, saying to people at Digital Spy that we had to, we had to start covering this. We had to get on board because this was going to be absolutely huge. I remember when they did the press conference, feeling like, like trying to sell it shall I, I say to work and, and being being like okay I know you don't you, you haven't really heard of Kenny Omega um, and, and Cody's not the, the biggest name to the casual but there's a chance that Chris Jericho could show up at this thing and if he does that will be huge and that will show that this company we have to take them seriously because something big is happening something big is happening in the wrestling world that we as fans have been waiting for for so long especially someone like me who watched wcw we have been waiting for some other company to come and challenge wwe for there to be a change in wrestling so that when you talk about wrestling it's not just wwe that people think of as american wrestling we needed something else and lo and behold along comes Tony Khan, who takes these guys, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, and Hangman Page, who had made such a name for themselves, and then brings on board Chris Jericho, the guy who has done it all in wrestling to form this company. And I think that 
the further away we get from the formation of AW and the longer it goes, we'll understand better what a huge deal it was. But it's I've lived through a lot of things in wrestling, including the death of WCW, but I don't think anything's more important than the formation of AEW. And once AEW got rolling and putting on pay-per-views, I felt like they were really knocking it out of the park. They were putting on shows that were exciting, that were so anything can happen. And then we had in October 2019, the debut of Dynamite, the weekly television show. And I will confess, I did not watch the first ever Dynamite Live. It's one of the few Dynamites that I've not watched live. I didn't watch it live because I was lucky enough to be on a trip to America with WWE to see NXT and the debut of SmackDown and Fox. But when I got into watching Dynamite weekly after I came home, I realized this was a very different TV show they were putting on because we all know and I'm not here to knock WWE, but Raw has not been a good TV show in a very long time. It's also a very hard TV show to get into due to the length, but the the way they tell stories, the booking, it's not great. But with AEW, I think from the get-go, I realized that this was something else. To me, it felt like wrestling written for adults, and I hadn't felt like wrestling had been written for adults in a very long time. Some of the earliest storylines that they did, Jericho versus Cody, Jericho versus Moxley, I absolutely adored with Moxley selling that eye for as long as he could. <laughs> and also the whole Hangman Page, Kenny Omega story, which is a story that has not even yet reached its conclusion. I just felt like this was a product that appealed to me more and it spoke to my intelligence a lot more than anything I'd seen in WWE. And I feel like when I talk to people who are, are let's say, big WWE fans and they're not really watching AEW, they'll say that a Raw was good, a SmackDown was good, a pay-per-view was good, a match was good. But they never, ever have any real investment in any of the storylines or give it any thought outside of those couple hours a week that it's actually playing out in front of them on screen and to me I want something that I can be all in on that I can be fully invested in like my favorite tv show of all time is Buffy the Vampire Slayer I even have a Buffy logo tattoo and it's because I have an incredible investment and connection to that show and the storylines and if somebody asks me about it I will go in depth on every little storyline every character because to me it was memorable it was well written and you could immerse yourself fully in it now I don't want to be I would I don't want wrestling to be like Buffy the Vampire Slayer as in, I don't want supernatural stuff. Sorry, The Fiend, but that's one thing that very much turned me off, WWE. But I want it to be like Buffy in the sense that I want storylines to be well-written, well-played out, to make me think about it long after the event. And AEW are doing that. We could spend a whole show talking 
about Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. And you know what? We probably will as we get closer to this match actually happening. And it's the rewards that AEW gives its fans that make me love it so much. The fans are rewarded for loving the product, for paying attention to the product, for getting invested in storylines. There are few things that AEW does that make you feel stupid for watching or stupid for even caring. They always cover their backs well with storylines. Uh, I think in particular, uh, Jericho's very conscious of that with the storylines that he does. You look at the storyline between him and MJF, how long it's been going on. I think that the formation of the pinnacle is an absolutely unforgettable moment in the history of Dynamite. And there's just so many things that make me smile about AEW and make me get excited. And I never think, oh no, I have to talk about a Dynamite or even, oh no, I have to watch Dynamite. Oh no, I have to do this. You know, I want to talk about AEW. I want to talk about how happy it makes me. And I want everyone to know how much it means to me. So that's why... So much of my content is AEW related. So much of what I do is related to AEW because to me they are the best the best wrestling that's around right now and they are worth giving your time to every single week. So as I close this out, if you listen to this and you decide to subscribe to this podcast, Firstly, thank you so much. And here's what you can expect. You will have every episode of AEW Weekly in podcast form. My interviews, uh, old and new from AEW Superstars. I have ones with Chris Jericho, Britt Baker, Sean Spears, Darby Allen that I will be putting up in the com- coming weeks. And anything that comes after that will go up in this feed. And I'll also try and do some dynamite previews and other special episodes, maybe focusing on different storylines. I would love to do an episode all about the inner circle and pinnacle storyline, Jericho and MJF, just because I love that storyline so much and it's been so well done has been going on for so long and it feels like we might be reaching the climax in the next month or so so that's something I'd really like to look back on but here it is the Stephanie Chase Miss Dynamite podcast feed thank you so much for listening uh, to my my story in in wrestling and listening to me fangirl about AEW (laughs) as well. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you subscribe and I will see you very soon for the next episode.